Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Kyle Report wherever you get your podcast. And if you're watching us on YouTube, like button, subscribe button, you can find us there as part of Empire Media, AMP, IRE. Always, always, always much appreciated, especially when a team is one and three and not doing what you hoped they would. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by ESPN's Teron Davenport as we break down the Tennessee Titans. You need to know about this opponent because it still is. Listen, every game now is a big game because they need to win. If this season is going to go anywhere, they need to win on Sunday and get get things going so they don't fall too far behind. And just because they need to show you guys and show themselves some level of improvement and start building some hope for everybody around the team. But I'll get to that in a minute. So before that, let's get to my keys. And before I get to my keys and a prediction, I want to go over a couple little news and notes here regarding injuries. First, Receiver Jahan Dotson is out for Sunday. He's got the hamstring injury. Earlier in the week, Ron Revere said he'd miss a week or two, so there's probably a good chance that he'll also miss the Chicago Bears game. A new addition to the injury report, tight end Logan Thomas did not practice on Friday because of a calf injury. He will be listed as questionable. He'll go through walkthroughs on Saturday. They'll test him out in pregame Sunday and then make a decision from there. Also, the good news for Washington is that Brian Robinson, running back Brian Robinson, is trending toward being active on Sunday. This was his first week back after getting having been shot in late August, and they loved the way he responded after each day's worth of practice. So when he would come in Wednesday, or after Wednesday's practice, he was a little bit sore, but he felt better Thursday. He felt good today. So a big key for Robinson will be how he feels on Saturday, and if he feels good, more than likely, he would be active for Sunday. Now, he'd probably be on a snap count. Can't imagine, you know, you don't need to give him the ball 20 times. That's not what they need. They have other backs who can carry the ball. Obviously, Antonio Gibson can do a good job as well. So, you know, but but the, there's a good chance he'll be active. And center Tyler Larson, who just came back this week as well, there's also a chance that he, too, could be active, active for Sunday or at least placed on the 53-man roster and they could use a backup center at this point because they're already down to their third guy. So there you go. Now let's get to my keys for the game. Let's start with number one, make good decisions. And that's quarterback Carson Wentz. Now he's got to get more time. We know that. Let's start there. We know he has to get more time to throw. We know the line has to do the protection has to do a better job, not just the line, Logan Thomas, when he's in protection or when he has to block, has to do a better job there as well. So we'll go there. Give him some time. But he's got to help himself and the team by making better decisions. And this is the this is the deal with Wentz. And this is something they've talked to him a lot about, about not, but it's okay to throw a five-yard pass. It's okay to be second and five rather than, you know, trying for the big play all the time. There have been times where they've seen, especially the last couple of games, 
where they run a high-low constant. And they'll see the underneath guy, which is his first read, is open. But he starts to see the guy behind him breaking open, and they feel like he hesitates to get to the first guy at, with hoping to maybe make a big play over the top. It does sometimes result in big plays, but too often with this team, it's resulting in negative situations. They need him to get the ball out quickly. We've seen this happen a couple of times. The throw to Curtis Samuel in the end zone on Sunday is a perfect example. He had two choices underneath, Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin on slants. Instead, he opted for the much tougher throw to Samuel off his back foot, kind of jumping in the air as he's about to be hit. No need for that play. It was a first and 10. No need for it. You could have had, or I think it was a first and 10 or second and nine. Regardless, you would have gotten, if you just go underneath, you're setting up a third and three at worst. But he tried for that, doesn't work. And then the next play, they get a sack. Then it's fourth and 15. They're out of the, they're out of the deal. So make better decisions there. Along with that, some again, some of this is correcting bad habits. And that's going to be something that that doesn't happen overnight when you come to a new place. There's that just doesn't. So they have to consistently work on with him on making better decisions, reminding him over and over and over again. Scott Turner does that on the headset. He will tell him, hey, you get this look. This is where, you know, if you get this look, hang with this guy in this play or go to this guy on the, if you get this look here. So they're, they're, they're trying to kind of help guide him in those ways, um, which they, you know, it's not unusual, but it is something when he's new to a system that they're trying to give him some of the answers before, before that headset goes off. The other thing too, with this, you can attack Tennessee on the edges here. And I think that's something with, especially on, in the past game, you can do that. So they're going to have to test that. It can't just be run, 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 which I do think you're going to want to try. You'll hear from Teron in a minute about Tennessee's run defense and how he thinks you don't look at the stats with them right now. Look at the results lately. So, you know, they have, they're not, they're not good against the run in terms of the rankings, but he thinks that's skewed by one really bad game. You're going to test them there. You have to, but you can hurt them in the, in the, with the, through the air, um, but you've got to make better decisions. So that's number one. Number two, slow Derrick Henry. Duh. You know, that that's Tennessee's offense. If you can slow Derrick Henry, they don't have a great passing game. But if you can slow Henry, then you have a chance to stop that offense big time. How do you do that? That's the tough part. And that's something I've talked to guys all week about. And really what it comes down to a couple of things. One, gang tackle. He's going to break arm tackle. So if you get in a situation where it's one and one, the one-on-one through the hole, you're going to probably lose. So you need to have guys around the ball a lot. So that, that means the defensive line, you have in the line, the front seven, B gap sound. You have to play your gap because if you get out of that gap, he's going to find it. He's a really, really good downhill one-cut runner. Tennessee coach Mike Vrabel is fantastic. And you hear this again from Teron in a minute. It's fantastic about instilling a mindset and an identity. He knows what it is. They know what it is. And it all involves being physical with running the ball. And that's Derrick Henry. But if you can get him, if you can plug those gaps and get him turning his shoulders perpendicular to the line of scrimmage, now you've got a chance. That also means you have to have corners who are willing to tackle. And for all the criticism about the corners this year, they are willing tacklers. William Jackson, Kendall Fuller, both will do that. Benjamin St. Juice, when he comes in, he'll do that. If you don't have that, you're going to have a hard time slowing this guy at all on the ground. Now, we also know if defensive backs tackle Henry in the first quarter, they may be a little bit slow to get to him in the fourth. That's where safeties 
Cam Cam Full, excuse me, Cam Curl and Derek Forster come into play. I think that gives them a little bit of an edge. Both are physical and smart players. And I think they, you know, very good at filling the gaps and, and helping with the run in that area. They don't seem to back down from hits, even on guys like this as the game goes on. They're going to be big keys. Tennessee will run against eight-man fronts. That doesn't matter to them. So just playing in that eight-man front isn't going to be the key. It's playing it well. And again, being disciplined with your gap. If you get out of your gap, he's going to hit that crease. And I also think another guy, listen, the tackles are John Allen and, and Deron Payne are playing very well. They are playing the way that this group has wanted them to play since they got here, as far as technique and what they're asking to do. They're finally doing that. And I, yeah, I do think some of that stems from the firing of Sam Mills and going with Skene- Jeff Scanina as line coach. And that message is finally being hammered home and they're, they're playing well. Another guy who can help. He's a big body, and so that can help in Sunday is John Ridgeway, the guy they picked up from Dallas. They like where he can go. They like what he could do next year, um, if you know, assuming things go all right this year, but what he could do next year and down the road because of his body size, but he can help in 10 to 15 snaps against a guy like this because of his ability to plug the gap. There you go. Now the other one, the last one, aware play action. Dallas hurt them with play action quite a, you know, a few times last week. They've been hurt by play action in the past. Tennessee does that very well. And it's for a simple reason. It's one that we've, ta- it's a concept we've talked about or things that we talked about. They make the the pass look, or the, they make the pass look like the run, et cetera. So they marry their concepts. So one thing looks like the other, and that makes it tough to get to. There are too many times here with Washington, the run, the, or the, excuse me, the pass, the pass, play action plays, those passes out of that, they don't look like run sets. You can see guys, Logan Thomas does this. You'll see him leaning back a little bit in his stance when he's at the line. If he's going to be a run, you'll see him leaning forward when he's up in the up position, not when he's on the line, but in the up position. You can see him leaning forward if it's going to be a run, setting softer when it's a pass. You can see it. They can see it. But it's not just that. It's also the way you come off the ball, the way you sell it, the way a receiver or another tight end sells it, the types of formations that you run out of it with. Tennessee does a really good job of that. So how do you beat that? It's tough. But it's again reading your keys, and you can't. The key is you're, you know, a linebacker, or they're going to play hard to stop Henry. So you can take those two steps to get up the line. You take that third step, you're in trouble if if it's a, if it's a pass. So you take your two steps, get your read, get your eyes on the on the spot right away, and then you get out of there if it's a pass. That's what they have to do. That's a you know that's a Cam Curl, that's the linebackers, all those guys. That's going to be a big key because you can't let Tennessee. If they start get hitting those, then this team is going to be in trouble, and that's where they give up those big plays. You limit those big plays, now you have a chance. And I do think having going back to slowing Henry, having those three safety sets could be a big help for them. And when they're going in there, Tennessee can match with the slot receiver if you want to do that. Then you go back to your nickel, but you can put in Benjamin St. Juice. But I think you know Washington does have some ability to match up against this kind of offense. But you got to, got to do it. So those are the those are the keys. Now for a prediction. I've been disappointed in this team, and so have you. And you know, I picked them last week. I did not feel confident. I'm not sure I really believed believed that they would win. Um, I think my confidence rating was 50.5 percent. Um, you know, listen, this game they can easily win. Like this is a home game, they can win. They they really need to win, and there are plenty of ways that they can happen. I don't like that Dotson is out. Listen, Tennessee's banged up too. So this is a no-excuse game. 
But this team, like Dotson, has been such a weapon in the red zone. And Logan Thomas may not play. We don't know. Cole Turner is going to play, by the way. So just they're going to activate him regardless of whether or not um, Logan Thomas plays. Turner will be active because that's he's going to be active with Dotson out. They're going to go for the extra tight end. They can use some three tight end sets. And you can threaten out of the three tight end sets with the pass game, something that a lot of teams can't do, but this team can't. So that's one thing to watch. But I still would like to see Thomas out there. Um, we don't know, like, the, the line has been reshuffled because of injuries. What's going to happen there? I like Tennessee's interior defensive line, as you'll hear from Tehran in a few minutes. They have a really, really good interior defensive line. So that's going to be something to watch against a group that has struggled. And I like their line. I like linebacker David Long. They have vulnerabilities on that D. So there is a way for them to win. It's definitely easily. Do you believe in them right now? I think they've got to quit making these mistakes. When they start doing that, then I'm going to pick them today. This time, I'm going to say Tennessee 21-20 with the cat with the with the knowledge that a couple plays, and I can see this team winning by 10, 10, 12 points. Just because I don't think they're so far off that they can't make those plays. You look at Dallas last week, a couple plays, but they're not making those couple plays. And that's what they have to do Sunday. If they do it, they'll win the game. There you go. Those are my keys and prediction to the game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, TD. Well, Ron Rivera has been talking a lot about this team's injuries. And then I look at the Titans. And when you talk about no excuses, that team had a lot last year and still got a number one seed. And they're dealing with a lot this year. What is the injury update for them? And, you know, how many starters are out? How bad has it been this year for them? Yeah, it's been really tough. And uh, my colleague, John Glennon, actually went through the numbers and, and looked at the the different guys that they've used, and they're actually ahead of pace of last year. Wow. <laughs> they've used 61 guys already. Last year at this point, they rostered uh, 60, you, you know, so it's it's a bad situation. But as far as what's going on now, you got Bud Dupree with the hip. He missed the second half of, of the Colts game last week. He recovered a fumble, and I don't know if someone fell on his hip or what happened there, but he lost him. Traylon Burks has the, the turf toe. It looked even worse than that when it happened because he was trying to break a tackle and one of the Colts defenders kind of rolled on his ankle and it, it kind of buckled a bit. But to have it be turf toe is, is just, I mean, that's still a bad situation. Right. So you got those guys. Left tackle Taylor Lewan is going for the year. So that, before the season even started, you had uh, Harold Landry, you know, he tore an ACL during our practice. Uh, Ugo Amadi, the nickel corner, is is still dealing with a, an ankle situation, but he was able to practice on Wednesday. Elijah Molden is on IR, who was their original nickel. Good news is they do get Monty Rice back because Zach Cunningham has an elbow that he kind of hit out of out of socket, and he's not on IR, but he's been gone and haven't, hasn't been spotted the last couple of weeks. So now to get Monty Rice back, that'll help. So the injuries are definitely piling up for them. And 
is uh, Amani Hooker, their starting safety. They're, they just signed him to a four-year deal. He's in concussion protocol. So it's what happens when you play physical football. It is. But how? But they've been able – I know they're not playing as well maybe as people hope because of some of those injuries, but they also played really well last year, and they seem to find a way. Why does this team – why have they been able to even win a couple games despite all this? I think it's coaching. Mike Vrabel, he won coach of the year uh, last year, and I still don't think that does – what he's able to do justice. Mm. This guy is an excellent coach. And the thing that I, I really feel is the best example is the way their drills transfer to games. Mm. And you've seen it where, you know, you go to practice and you watch these guys do stuff. And sometimes it's like, all right, what are you even doing that for? Right. But then like I posted a video on IG yesterday of coach Terrell Williams and his assistant, they take a kickball, right? They have the guys, the D linemen, they, they have them lock, lock on each other, and then they have to rip and put match hands. They, they take the kickball, they raise the kickball, they got to match hands, and then tip it. Tierra Tart, his interception last week, he did exactly that. Locked in, ripped, tipped it, and he caught it as he was falling down. They get a lot of tip passes at the line of scrimmage, and that's why. And you just see so many of their drills transfer to, to games. So in my opinion, that's why they're able to win with whoever they put out there because they challenge everybody on the roster to prepare and practice like they're going to start that week. And it's one of those things where you stay ready so you never have to get ready. Great insight. Um, Derek Henry got going last week too. What? And I know you wrote a story um, before with Stephen Holder before the Colts game about yeah. Taylor and Henry. How has – what's been going well for him the last couple of weeks to get him going? Well, the key to that is – so uh, another example uh, of drills, right? They have a box. So during individual period, they – you roll out the tape, that's the line of scrimmage. They have a box that's eight yards deep, seven to eight yards deep, and they practice getting momentum towards the line of scrimmage. Like you have to line up in that box to run towards the line of scrimmage. Derrick Henry is one of those guys where you have to get him rolling towards the line because if he could get downhill, shoulder squared, he's going to be a problem to deal right. with. And that's why they practice that. So you see that transfer to, to the games. And one of the things that, that didn't happen last week that happened on half of his carries for the year was him getting hit at or behind the line of scrimmage. So that was really the key. They were able to get him to the second level at times, and he continued to run with a sense of urgency. So it, it's been, you know, all about that. And that, that creates the the yards after contact. And I think you had the stat right. that it was, you know, when he starts getting that yards at the yards, and a lot of that yak is going to be created, whether by shoulder, you know, or arm tackles or whatever. So, you know, is that where that gets created? Yeah, as he gets that momentum towards the line and finds that crease, it just makes it harder for him him to tackle. So he doesn't have to get redirected. That's where guys like Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, they have to have big games for Washington this week because you got to get in there and make him redirect and even hit him so that way he can't get that momentum. And I was going to ask you, when teams are st are slowing him, how do, how are they doing that? Because it can't be as simple as just, just get eight men in the box because everybody's going to yeah. do that. Yeah, a lot of times, so they'll they'll muddy those gaps. They'll bring, you know, linebackers and safeties down. And, I mean, they do stack the box. Sure, but the thing is, those guys are able to get through 
and get a good hit on him before he could get rolling. So, I mean, you could stack the box and block it, have it blocked perfectly, and that's how Derrick Henry hits a lot of his home runs. He has a lot of success against eight-man boxes. But if you stack it and you get in there and you, you get a hit on him, that's going to help you. What else with this offense? Because you lose A.J. Brown, obviously still have Ryan Tannehill. What's going on with the passing game here? Yeah, I'm actually writing about that this week because Traylon Burks is probably going to be out with that turf toe. And he was really a guy who was starting to come along. They would always use that play action bang route where you have the receiver. And it was A.J. Brown just kind of crossing right behind the linebacker that steps yep. up because Derrick Henry's going so well. Right. And it opens up space and he just would catch that, break a tackle, it's a house call. Traylon Burks was getting to a point where he was – you know, the guy that they always went to on that play, but he's gone now. So you got Robert Woods, who had a, a really good uh, last – well, not really good, a solid last couple games there. He's somebody that's going to have to step up. But collectively, that wide receiver room has to step up. It's one-on-one coverage outside. These guys have to take that personally. And, you know, it, it's not something that they're making teams pay for. But there is a guy local to, to you, Chiga Kongpo, out of Maryland, who is coming along as well. He had a, his best game last week. He scored his first touchdown. So they're going to use him in matchups. And also Dontrell Hilliard, the guy out of the backfield, who runs routes like a receiver. Well, see, and I'm also wondering for this team, they've had some corner issues, mainly with the starters. Uh, but you could also, if they wanted to, you they love the three-safety set. And they could mm -hmm. go to more of that look to try and take away Henry and then maybe insert Benjamin, say, Juice, who's played better at corner than Fuller or Jackson, and maybe try and defend them that way and just, like, force them to throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. And that that is something that they could do. Now, in that situation, I think that's where a guy like Kyle Phillips, the rookie out of UCLA, that's where he comes into play. You saw Adam Humphreys last year. He he plays – Phillips is a lot like a, a younger Adam Adam Humphreys, you know, one of those slot machines that – yeah, they're like crabs, right? They run this right, way right, and right. this way just as fast. And and that's uh, and then you know obviously you can't. I, I think they would do. I think they love that. Well, I know they love that three safety set. You can't do it all the time for that reason because teams will then counter. But I yeah. do think that I could. You could see that a decent amount defensively. There's still parts there. You know, losing Landry is a huge deal. Dupree in and out is a big deal. But then Weavers had a nice start. Yes. Jeffrey Simmons is still really good, and I really enjoy watching Long at linebacker. I love watching. Yeah, he's active. <laughs> man, let me tell you something. Yeah, his, you know his dad. His dad is a was a boxer. His dad fought Deontay Wilder. <laughs> really? But yeah, but I, I love watching him. You're right because the passion that he plays with and the energy that he plays with it, it's refreshing. So definitely a great point there. Uh, he was actually someone I highlighted in Whiteboard Wednesday this week as a way to try to get to Wentz. I did but, see um, that through the A gap. Yep, with the yeah, group, exactly. same way, same way Dallas. Freed up some stuff. Yeah, with Van Der Esch. Um, a guy that you have to mention is Danico Autry. Yeah, yeah. And last week against his former team, the Colts, he was a straight-up goblin. <laughs> I mean, the, the the way he was disrupting things, and he's someone that they'll, they'll play, you know, like five tech. They'll, they'll let him, uh, you know, line up in a wide nine, standing up, different things. And he, in my opinion – has been the most consistent defender over the last you know year and through these four games, to be honest with you. And Jeffrey Simmons is consistent. A lot of what he does doesn't show up in the box score, whereas he's two-gapping. You know, he's occupying double teams. 
you, you know, knocking off blocks and getting into the backfield. Yeah, he's he's a ox strong type of guy. I, I like watching him too for that reason, because it's not because he's flashy, it's because you see him setting others up with this yeah. penetration or just what he's doing in it. And like when you're watching long play fast and aggressive off of those double teams. And it's yep. it's how it should go. But they've had their struggles defensively. And, and how much of that is injuries versus like there have been a lot of big plays. The run defense hasn't been as strong. Like what, you know, what is the what are what are the issues? Is it just injuries? Well, I, I don't think it's injuries. It's a combination of things, communication, not uh executing, because so they've given up five plays of 40 yards or more. One of them was a Saquon Barkley 68-yard run. The other ones came in the passing game. And, you know, they had a, a rookie out of Tennessee, undrafted free agent, Trey Avery. They were inverted cover two. Um, he had that deep half. It turned into man because it was only one guy over there, and that guy happened to be Stephon Diggs. And he hit him with one of these ones where you look this way, sell the, the corner route, and you come back to the post. Avery was turned around, 40-plus-yard touchdown. Another one was uh, Christian Fulton got beat, got caught with his eyes in the backfield. He didn't think that uh, Daniel Jones was going to be able to drop a bomb uh, to the backside to Sterling Shepard, 60-yard touchdown. Caleb Farley gave up a, a, a deep pass where, you know, he bit on the curl route and Kumaro just hit him with a stutter and go, and, you know, it was a deep pass. So you're seeing those things. Terrence yeah. Mitchell. You know, fourth and 15, Matt Collins, you remember him from the Eagles. Fourth and 15, late in the fourth quarter, he rips off a 48-yard pass, uh, a catch behind Terrence Mitchell. So it's it's mostly execution, to be honest with you. Gotcha. And, and the run defense, too, because that's where it surprised me a little bit that they were that they ranked so low. What's what, and what do you think is going on there? Is that just a consistency thing? It's the Giants game. They gave up 238 yards. Okay. And, and so, because from then, yeah, they saw the Raiders had some success. And so, but do you think it was mostly that? That it's just. It was mostly that. And Mike Vrabel would tell you, and I don't even ask him anymore. You know what I mean? Because he always says, you got to set the edge, you got a wall, and you got to swarm. That's what he says all the time. So that's your reason from the, the coaching staff. But I, I think when you look last week at what they did with, with Jonathan Taylor, right. no lanes for him. Right. Even outside runs trying, they, they, they bottled the him everything up. Worked. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. So you th you look at that as they're getting healthy, not in terms of health, health, but in terms of success, they're getting healthier against the run. Correct. Correct. So like, if you can't like, did you? I mean, that's one thing. Early in the season, it's really hard to look at stats and put them into context because one right. game can skew for exactly. four weeks. And exactly. so when you when you look at like what Washington can do, because they, as you know, it's been a struggle offensively the last couple of weeks. How would you, if you're Washington, attack this defense? Uh, I'm going on the perimeter uh, and, and I'm attacking the, the left corner. Uh, I'm attacking whether it's, it's Caleb Farley or uh, Terrence Mitchell. I'm attacking those guys. And also I'm going to go to the tight end. I, this should be a Logan Thomas game. Um, that's that's what I'm doing. I, I they've given up three consecutive 300 yard passing performances. So I'm I'm attacking them through the air. But you got to get that protection and that interior part of that line. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be able to provide enough protection well, for that. And that's what I was going to ask last thing. Then how much do you think they're looking forward to? Like when you see a team has had those issues with the sacks, and like Dallas only sacked him twice. But it's because Wentz got rid of the ball. He had 2.10 seconds. Yeah. The fastest he's done in a long time. 
some of that was just because like, hey, they don't want to get the sack. They don't want to get the sack. And there were some bad decisions in there. But the protection has been so bad. How much do you think that the Titans front is kind of licking their chops here? Oh, they're ready to rock. I know. <laughs> I talked to Danico Autry on Wednesday, Jeffrey Simmons. They're, they're ready to go. Simmons actually was a teammate of Montez Sweats at, at Mississippi State. So he's looking forward to, you know, being reunited with his with his guy. But, yeah, they're excited about it. I think one of the things that has to happen is outside. Those guys need to come up. You got to press. Because if you create some chatter at the line of scrimmage, that two-second release is not going to happen because you're not right. going to have the opportunity to, right. to you know, go to the guys that quickly. And and Dallas was able to do that. They also were able to, because Dallas knew the ball's coming out quick. So if the corners weren't up, they're, if they're playing off, they're still sitting on stuff, knowing yeah. and taking away those shallow crosses that they love to run and, and basically sitting on that because they knew that you got no chance for a double move here because right. he's going to be on his back. So, and that's, right. that's a hard way to operate for a passing game. That's why, you know, Wentz has his issues, but the protection has to be a lot better, you know, to give him a chance and the passing him a chance to succeed. And so very, very last thing up on the offensive line for the Titans, where's, where's the weak spot? Like, you know, Luan's out obviously, but do they have a weak spot up there that Washington could then attack? I think with the size and strength of Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, the left guard position, and I don't want to call Aaron Brewer a weak spot because he's solid. But I think if there was an area to attack, that's where I would attack just because of the fact that he's not – and I don't believe size is a skill, but if you're going mano a mano and I'm 270 and you're 315, 310 – naturally there's going to be an advantage. So that's right. where I would attack. But what I would do is just use stunts and twists to, to try to, you know, make that happen. And they like that. And, you know, it's funny because I remember Clark Kellogg, you know, basketball player during the March Madness would always say, he goes, my dad would always tell me, good big beats good little all the time. So yeah. that, sometimes physics just runs out. TD, you're the best. People can follow, go to ESPN.com to read them. Tell them where they can follow you on social media. Yeah, at T Davenport underscore NFL. You can check me out there on on Twitter. And go to go to the Titans homepage to see the whiteboard Wednesday. Always one of my favorite features of anything that anybody does here. So always Thank good you. insight. And you can learn something about how the different how the other side views what they can do against this team. So T D, thanks a lot, and we'll see you Sunday. For sure. See you Sunday. I will be back on Sunday after the game talking to the voice of the commanders, Graham Weinstein, and we'll talk to you next time.